Hey, how you doing everyone? It's Clayton here from HowToDrawComics.net. Today, what I'd like to discuss is a few different topics. So, we're going to talk about making progress in your art, like actual progress. When it comes to practicing, a lot of the time that can be difficult to gauge exactly. Um, you know, oftentimes it can feel like we're putting in a whole lot of work, but not really seeing any change in our art, so to speak. And then we'll jump on to practicing the art of patience and determination, both aspects within your art that you need in order to, again, make that progress. And then loving and respecting the work you create, which is a key component that you need to take on if you want to actually feel good about the creation process itself. So, um, which of course you need in order to be able to actually motivate yourself on a daily basis. You know, there's plenty of artists out there who are really are just churning out piece after piece, and it's kind of soul crushing. You know, there's no real substance to it. Um, so welcome, Julio and uh, Rick. It's good to have you here. And Ed, how you doing, man? Um, so uh, let's get started. Announcements. Do we have any? Let me think about it for a second. Uh, not really so much. We do have a new podcast that just came out at the start of the week, so be sure to check that out over on our SoundCloud or the website, better yet, because uh, we've got an entire playlist that you can just hit the play button and go all the way through, put it on while you draw and uh, listen to us ramble on about the art of comic book illustration. Um, hey Arden, good to see you there. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, please let me know, by the way, everyone, if the audio is sounds weird or is not coming through okay. I want to make sure that you know everything I'm saying is is clear and and coming through nice and clean. Um, and other than that, I think I mentioned this in the last talk, but uh, we do have a new making comics for beginners guide over on the site. It's huge; it's about eleven thousand words, so um, lots and lots of information in terms of what it takes to actually build the comic book, the writing process, and then publishing it, kickstarting it, and ultimately promoting it, getting it out there so that as many people as possible are able to see the work that you've done. Um, with those announcements out the way, let's jump straight into it. So first topic, making progress in your art. Okay, Rick Moody, uh, can you talk about team, team splash page layout sometime? Yeah, totally, man, we'll get onto that. Uh, in a little bit, so um, just yeah, stay on the, the call and uh, I'll make sure I address it, or just watch it back later on, but we will cover that later. Um, and by the way, just leave your questions in the comments section because I will answer them at the end of my little uh, spiel, so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys are wanting insight on, because it's always a great challenge for me, it's a great learning experience. Alright, so making progress in your art. So we see this a lot of the time, especially on the uh, other How to Draw Comics group. Um, so the less kind of specialized virtual comic art classroom content and more of the you know general people sharing their artwork, giving feedback and advice, that kind of stuff. And one of the things that we see is that people continue or certain people will continuously post up artwork and they do it on a regular basis time and time again like almost like you could say daily weekly but it's regular and yet there will not be no real progression within their work now these are still artists who are starting out right so they still got a long way to go before you know you can tell that they're going to be at a point within their artwork where they're going to be satisfied where they're going to be happy you know like they're really trying to get better but they're just not there's not 
any evident progress within the work that they're putting out there. Okay, and many of us have possibly felt that way. I know that I definitely have, you know, where I've been just drawing and drawing and drawing, doing lots of figure studies, doing lots of anatomy work, and just not really seeing any progress in, in my art. So what is that exactly, and how do we get around it? Well, I think that it all comes down to being focused on specific parts within your art, the craft of creating comic books, that need to be addressed specifically, right? So in other words, when we jump into this, we often think, okay, I need to get good at comic book illustration as a whole. And we focus on it in a general capacity, okay? So we, we're not really directed in the way that we're practicing necessarily. We're just doing studies here and there, kind of covering everything and not really creating a strategy for ourselves that are going to get us from A to B. Okay, so what we need to do to circumvent that is we need to say, we need to take a real good hard look at the work that we're putting out to begin with. And we need to ask ourselves, okay, what am I not happy with right now? And, and really look at it. You know, maybe have a look over some of the feedback you may have received on previous pieces of artwork that you put out there, maybe that friends and family have given you. And really ask yourself, okay, what are the maybe one or two or three areas of improvement that I can focus on for this week? And, you know, really that the number one thing that you could focus on for this day in particular that you could conquer, that you could really get a handle on. Okay, because if we don't break down the process, one, it can be very overwhelming. And two, the way in which we learn is kind of optimized in a way where if you focus on general things, you're not really going to get as much out of it as if you hone in on and focus on specific things, conquer them and move on to the next, right? Because you can think of it like, you know, human beings where we've got an amazing computer inside our head, right? We've got an incredibly powerful processor, but it's not really as, um, I guess you could say, as fast or as powerful as you'd initially think necessarily, okay? So the, the way in which we write information to the disk is a, a much slower process, okay? So we gotta kinda feed it information bit by bit in order for it to properly be able to store it away because that's just how the brain works, right? It takes bits and pieces of information from your day, from your experience, keeps the important stuff, chucks out anything else that it thinks isn't as important. So if you focus on things in a general capacity, it really doesn't know how to organize that information. It doesn't know what's important to you and what's going to give you the most impact in the progression of your artwork. So look at the areas in which um, you, you have the most room for improvement. Now, how do you pick those? Because oftentimes it can be like, it's a little bit of a battle between the things that you would like to improve on and the things that you need to improve on. And the things that you need to improve on are usually going to be the things that you want to avoid most within your work. Let's say, for example, feet. Now, I'm sure most of you, and by the way, you know, answer this in the, in the comments section, how many of you want to avoid feet? I know that I do all the time. I want to avoid hands as well. I hate drawing hands. They're the worst, and it's because I'm not good at them. It's precisely because I need to practice them more in order to feel confident enough to enjoy the process of actually drawing them. Okay, so, um, you know, so what you want to do is you want to take those specific things that you know you need improvement on, not necessarily the things you want to improve on because you're probably actually okay with them. Like, you know, faces are fun 
And a lot of the time, we kind of focus on them first because we put this level of importance on them. And so we should, because really they're the first impression of our art that people are going to get, that the audience is going to get from looking at it, because they hone in on the head area first and foremost to get a you know, a read on the, the personality of the character and try to relate with them on a, an emotional level. So, you know, we focus on faces and they're fun because they're interesting, they're expressive. Um, and, you know, you could probably say the same thing about hands. It's just that they're incredibly complex, especially when drawing them in dynamic poses from dynamic angles in a multitude of different compositions. Um, okay, so, you know, you pick the thing that you need to focus on and then you spend maybe a day even just doing research on it, maybe collecting reference material, finding sources that you can study from and, and hopefully be able to learn something and get something out of it. So say, for example, that you're focused on hands, right? You might jump online, jump on Pinterest. You know, Pinterest is one of my favorite places to get source material or even take pictures of your own hand, right? And then just sit for a day drawing from reference, from observation, these hands out onto the page, focusing on con the way in which you might construct it, the easiest approach for construction. You know, we oftentimes talk about construction a lot, but we don't really talk about the different many ways in which you can go about that construction process. You know, for me, sometimes I use the block form, you know, cylinders and the block hand in order to construct a hand pose. but. Uh, sometimes that's much more complex even than just starting out with a circle and putting a few stick figure fingers on it. Um, oftentimes I find that to be the easiest way to pose a hand and to just figure it out in my own mind first. I think to be successful at comic book illustration you really have to simplify the process down to its barebone foundations in order to build it up from the ground up, right? Um, Otherwise, it's just too overwhelming, it's too complex, and you miss so much if you don't really organize and optimize the way in which you approach it. Okay, so, you know, if you work from observation for a good day or so, maybe even two days if you're not quite yet comfortable to go out on your own, take off the training wheels, so to speak. And then what I'd suggest you do is you try to really store away as much information as you can from those observational exercises. And then maybe a day later or a day or two later, you go ahead and you try to redraw some of those hand poses, maybe the ones that really stuck out to you, maybe some of the more complex ones, purely from memory. Memory, rather. Getting a bit tongue-tied this morning. <laughs> um, let me have some coffee. That usually solves it. Got a nice little um, motivational quote on there. Um that I, I like to read out and remember every now and then. I came up with that one. I think of myself as somewhat of a uh, philosopher for some reason. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. So, um, yeah, so you want to try to remember how you constructed these these studies from memory and um, redraw them out onto the page. And maybe you'll do them a few times, okay? So I'm talking about the exact same pose. This is what I did a lot of the time when I was learning how to draw women because initially I was really, really good at drawing dudes, you know, big, muscly, hulking guys. Um, I think that most uh, male artists tend to be because that's where they begin. You know, they're just more familiar with their, their physique. 
than they are with the female physique, which is why oftentimes, you know, if you flip it around to either, you know, men or women, you do have to kind of really focus in on and study up on the opposite sex to an extent to draw them accurately, simply because you just don't have the live reference there uh, at all times. So, you know, what I would do is I would kind of do a study of, of the female figure from uh, observation, and then I would reconstruct the exact same pose in the exact same position from memory. And then I would compare and contrast the two. And I'd really try to look for the differences, okay? So the areas in which maybe I had even made an improvement on the pose, maybe I had a little bit more energy or something like that. And of course, the areas in which I didn't quite capture accurately. And then I would go back with that in mind and I would redraw out that exact same pose okay and what that does is it it doesn't just get you specific on what you need to improve on it gets you hyper specific so I think that that's something which is a key factor in the learning process um, you know when you get specific about something it, it really does help out your the way in which you, you approach certain things I once read about this study that uh, a professor did on his university students. And basically the, the premise was is that he would he laid out this essay that they had to write. He said that for this essay, you can write about anything, okay? There's no limitations except for the sky, right? You can, you can write about anything. And anyway, a week later, the essay was due in. And, you know, some of them handed in the essay, some of them didn't, but those who did hand in the essay, it wasn't really that great. It wasn't, uh, it didn't have any substance to it. It didn't really have any point to it. It was kind of, you know, lame. It wasn't great. And so what he tried to do was this little experiment, right? And I'm not sure if he intended this from the beginning to just kind of whittle it down into the most specific things, but basically the next kind of rehash on this assignment that he decided to give the students is that he asked them to, okay, instead of writing an assignment or an essay about anything, write an essay about the building across the street from us, you know, outside the window, and they could all see it outside the window. And so, of course, the students went off, they kind of did some research about the building, some of its history, talked about how it physically looked and what had happened in it, and they wrote an essay about this building. And funnily enough, it was much more kind of, uh, you know, accurate, much more engaging to read and, and just much more interesting all around, right? Because now they had something to focus on and latch their attention onto. Um, and of course, ultimately, this assignment got so specific and so brittled down that by the end, the professor was asking them to write an essay on the brick in the building across the street, right? And uh, they went off, they did an essay on it, and, you know, it came out pretty well according to to this study um so it's it's really really interesting stuff right um now with that said let's move on to uh practicing the art of patience and long-term determination because of course those are two major things that you need to actually push yourself to engage in the process of getting better in the first place um, because ultimately you are not going to want to sit down every day and draw something that you're not very good at, right? You're not going to want to draw feet or hands if you're not a, a pro at drawing them. You're not going to want to draw the female figure or the male figure or whatever it is that you're struggling with. You know, we don't really want to acknowledge our weakness in whatever craft we're pursuing, but ultimately that's the very thing that we need to do in order to progress beyond it, to get past it. So, 
the art of patience and determination and long-term determination okay so that delay of gratification is a major one because we're on a long road here to to get to where we want to be i'm sure that you already know that if you're part of this group if you're watching this video that in order to get better it's not going to be a magic pill that you're going to be able to take today and wake up tomorrow with like mad skills it's just not realistic um and so you know it's going to take a good few years i would say a good half a decade to a decade and that's no joke before you get to a point where you feel really confident like the tools you're wielding the way that you feel about the output of your work like it's just good feelings all around before that you're going to be questioning yourself a lot you're going to be wondering whether or not this is something that you should pursue in the first place especially when you're not seeing those immediate results you're going to doubt yourself and it's it's of course one of the the things in life especially if you take this all the way through to the end where it's going to be the greatest challenge and i say this about a lot of things and anything worth doing is going to be difficult to get okay so that's what i'd tell you first and foremost there's much easier things to do out there in life um they're just not very fulfilling and they're not very fun you know like um for example you could get a job um you know let's see where, where can you get popular jobs you know let's say at the call center right like if you get a job at a call center you're going to make money probably a decent amount of money actually and it's not going to be very hard to get that job you put in an application and you know this i've got a few friends who work in call centers and you know it's um it's one of those jobs where it's pretty easy to get a gig there and, and to get that income coming in but it's not fulfilling, you know, like you go there and it's just like you just traded eight hours or six hours of your life uh, to get money that you can spend maybe on the weekends. And, you know, I would I would rather be a poor comic book artist, to be honest with you, earning a, a very minimal wage. Um, and, you know, I mean, some some people would probably say that I, I'm in the uh, I'm, I'm not really like in the I'm not definitely not in the higher class I'm not I'm not raking money in and it's not really even something that I think about to be honest I wake up every single day and I get to draw comic art and I get to create things and and work on my passions and so I think when you're doing that money doesn't really come into the equation to be honest unless you've got a family to raise or, and of course you need to be making enough to you know pay the bills and I don't think that you should ever be pursuing your passions on the back of somebody else's hard work. Um, I do think that you need to sort yourself out financially, at least to a minimal degree, in order to pursue those those larger passions that you have in life. But you know that's just that's just a means to an end anyway. You know I quit teaching this year um, in the universities and, and tapes that I was teaching at because I wanted to really push how to draw comics.net and put even more of my time into that. But you know, I'd sorted out my financial situation to a degree. Um, so sometimes you do have to have that second job in, in order to pursue these things. But I think that being a comic book artist is hard work. You know, it is one of those things that you pursue purely out of passion. It's not about the money and you can make money doing comic books. Okay, those who say that you can't, um, I, I don't know, maybe they just didn't maybe they didn't have a good marketing strategy or a promotional strategy when they tried it and it didn't work out for them but i think these days that you can it's definitely possible it's incredibly difficult to do but it is possible indeed um so yeah that just keep that in mind 
like I said, this is this is a hard gig and it's not going to be easy. But I think that if you love this enough and you care about it enough, you will be willing to put in the work and the dedication that you need to put in in order to deserve the success that comes from it, okay? To be able to wake up and do something that you love every day and to earn a decent income, to look after your family, maybe even your close friends and, and especially yourself, you know? So, you know, that's the first thing that I would say is that you have to have a profound love for what you do. Um, otherwise, it's not going to work. You will give up 100%. If you're not all in, you're going to tap out early on and you won't ever even get close to the epitome of what you could ultimately become to the point at which you could take your skills to. This is why I say um, talent is merely the motivation to get better at that which you're most passionate about in life. Okay, that is the key, and you have to remember that 100%. So, you know, if you've started out on this road, really ask yourself if you're prepared to take it all the way through to the end. And then what you have to do is believe that you can do that. Believe that no matter what happens, no matter how hard it is, you've got enough faith in yourself that you are going to see it through to the very bitter end. And you will get there. It's just physics. No matter what point you're at, no matter how badly you suck at drawing, if you dedicate yourself, if you practice and you practice on those specific things that you know you need to address in order to get better and you're willing to fight through the self-doubt, you're willing to fight through those hard days, then it 100% guaranteed you will get there. I have no doubt about it. If you have a mind that functions and two hands, you know, then I, I believe that you definitely can do that. You know, there's no difference between you or I. There's no difference between us and Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane. These guys were just ultra insanely determined. And I think you have to be a little bit insane in order to make this work. All right. So, you know, long-term determination, that's where that comes from. That's where you get that level of determination to come through. Um, so let's talk about... Uh, you know, practicing the art of patience. Um, and, and, you know, this also kind of goes into the art of focus because I think that in the particular day and age that we work in, there's a lot of distractions around us and it's not how it used to be, you know, when our parents were growing up or even our older siblings were growing up. I don't have any, but, you know, I, I know that um, even when I was growing up, to be honest, uh, we didn't really have a whole, like, there was definitely no Facebook. There was barely even an internet. There was dial-up internet, and it took, like, you know, it took, like, three minutes to download a single image. It was insanely slow. Um, I'm not sure how old the, how many of you were born in the early 90s, but uh, that's kind of how it was. And so for fun, you know, we'd sit all day and we'd build, like, a cubby house out of wood, you know, old bits of wood that we found around the yard. And so that was what we did for fun. But that would take a whole day to do. So we really focused on it. And we got rewarded at the end of it, right? Um, YouTube videos and, and watching them, even watching this, will give you the same satisfaction as spending all day building something. Um, so our, our mind becomes somewhat addicted to that, you know, that rush of, uh, of fulfillment, that quick hit of dopamine that goes through our mind whenever we experience that that sense of gratification. Um, you know, that, that like that you get on your image when you post it onto Facebook gives you that same rush, right? 
Um, so we kind of not only get that that satisfaction very, very quickly and fast-paced, but we get it so much so that we kind of deplete our dopamine throughout the day and we feel exhausted, you know, after we've spent a morning just, you know, sitting on Facebook, um, taking in new information and novel experiences in, in, you know, the blink of an eye. So what you really need to do is shut all of that off and retrain your mind to actually take a step back focus on something for an extended period of time. I'm talking about, you know, start if this is exceptionally hard for you, and it probably will be until you try it. Um, you know, you won't, th- sorry, you won't think it will be until you try it. And, and trust me, it is. Uh, but if you spend, say, a solid half an hour to begin with, then a solid hour, and then maybe a solid two hours just focusing on that one task, and again, this is comic art we're talking about, so it's not very hard and difficult to get engaged within it for an extended period of time. What you'll find is slowly but surely, if you make this a habit, you will train your focus muscles, okay? And you'll find that uh, ultimately you're able to focus for longer and longer periods of time, which you need to be able to do to finish off a comic book in the first place. Um, so this is a this is an ability that is going to pay off for you in the long run in so many different ways, you know, because the ability to focus, I truly believe, especially going into the future, is going to be the key to any form of success because that's what success requires is focus for long periods of time without seeing any gratification and and really going all the way through to the end. Um, I think that that's really what I, I mean, the only reason that I've been able to achieve what I've been able to achieve is just... I've always had patience to to stick with it. And I think that if you can develop that as well for yourself, that you'll find the exact same thing, that you get more and more done and that you're able to fulfill greater, or you're able to accomplish greater and greater feats because of it. Okay, so build up your focus muscles. That'll help you to develop that long-term determination, the determination it takes to actually get good at your art. Um, and then finally, you know, loving and respecting the work that you create. If you don't actually fall in love with the characters that you're building, with the worlds that you're creating, you know, I talk about, about this a lot in the Superheroines course, you, you are not going to feel invested enough in the work that you're creating. It won't be fulfilling to you. Um, and again, the reason that I bring this up is because a lot of the time in the industry, you'll find that there seems to be a lot of creators out there, whether they be writers or whether they be artists, where they're really trying to hit a deadline first and foremost. And so there's this sense of the the conveyor belt, right, where they're just churning out art piece after art piece after art piece with no real tangible connection to the work. It's just, you know, it really is a job in the, the purest sense, right, where they're just churning it out. They don't really care about it. It's just another piece of artwork. And that is really great for deadlines but unfortunately it doesn't work too well if you're some like it, it gets old very fast it gets boring it becomes like any other job you don't look forward to it when you wake up in the morning it's just drudgery you can't wait until you know the the clock ticks ticks to the end of the day and you're ready to go home right the job is done and then you don't really feel like drawing after you go home because you know, you've been drawing all day at your job. It has become a job. So I think you really need to somehow maintain that that childhood passion and excitement that you have for your comic art throughout your career 
in order to really stick with it, in order to feel like it's a like it's a good thing to enjoy that that process of creativity. You don't want to ever lose that because I think that's when you know you see artists, especially the pro ones, and, and, and you know I'm sure you know what I'm talking about here, where they they just start going backwards in their artwork, and you and you, it's so heartbreaking as well because you know you remember them as being this artist who was young and excited, ambitious. And then they get to a certain point in their career where they've just had enough. You know, they they if, you, if they didn't have to draw another day in their entire lives, they would be totally happy about that. And they start to go backwards, you know, because they don't care as much. So you have to try to maintain that love. And I really think that the only way to do that is to, to love it enough in the first place, to, to really be invested in it in the first place. Um, it's got to be something that you wouldn't be satisfied living your entire life without doing, okay? And, you know, there's certain things that I want to do in life beyond comics. You know, I don't just want to create comics forever. I know that I'm probably going to get tired of it, to be honest. There's a few stories that I want to tell, a few messages that I want to put out there. And after I do everything that I want to do with comics, you know, over the next 30 years... Um, I'd like to make I'd like to get into film and, and make movies and, and kind of explore that and maybe ultimately uh, see out the rest of my days writing uh, books maybe I don't know yet um, I'd love to make action figures one day I think that'd be really cool you know well not action figures but like statues you know like the the ones in the back here um, of my own characters I think that'd be totally mad kind of like Todd McFarlane toys so there's different avenues of course you can explore you don't have to corner yourself into one kind of passion or profession necessarily but you know whatever you're doing on a daily basis make sure you're in love with it and when you fall out of love with it move on don't kill yourself doing something that your heart it just isn't in anymore okay so that kind of uh, concludes the talk for today, but let's see um, what questions we have here. So, um, Rick Moody has uh, asked a question, and it's good to see you here, man. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Um, okay, so Rick uh, says, yeah, can you talk about uh, team splash page layouts? Now, um, by that I'm I'm assuming that you're talking about like double page spread of like a, a team of characters like the Avengers or uh, um, what's the other one? Justice League, right? Um, I think that what that requires is is a lot of time and patience, but also uh, on a technical level, you really need to get those characters lined up and proportioned accurately to one another when you're talking about multiple figures in th in the scene. Because if you don't, there's going to be a lack of consistency there, and thus a lack of believability, and people are going to become disconnected automatically if they see that believ that lack of believability present, or you know, not present within the artwork. So you really have to make sure that everyone's lined up first and foremost, and and that really comes in the construction stage. Okay, when you're talking about the basic foundations of each figure's mannequin model, you know, making sure that the the base model itself is actually proportioned and posed in a way which is going to fit together in the composition of the scene overall. Um, and what I would say the best way to do that is to have one figure there. You know, it might be the front figure, actually, I would say, because you, you somewhat want to work your way back, I'm assuming. They're not 
In order to create depth within this illustration, you will want some characters at the forefront and some characters in the background just to create a sense of space within the scene. Now we know that in order to do that, that anything in the foreground is going to be larger than those things that are in the background. So as the figures are placed further and further back, they're going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. So I would say place the, the main figure, maybe it might be the main hero or the main few heroes at the front and then start placing the other ones behind those figures. Now there's going to be some overlap, so you're going to want to kind of place those figures side by side next to one another. Um, and you don't necessarily have to draw the entire figure, right? Because, uh, you know, some can be sitting behind and some can be sitting in front. That's totally fine. I would encourage that. But then you'll want to kind of shrink them down accordingly as well. And one of the things that you can use, of course, to do that in a more accurate way is a perspective grid. Now, that perspective grid doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, have the vanishing points in the scene and the whole, like, you know, grid setup necessarily. It can just be a few guidelines that you draw in to kind of keep, um, keep things in perspective, so to speak, right? So what I would do is I would draw the front character, then maybe have a few diagonal lines kind of going out to the sides and make sure that the, the figures in the background as they're placed further and further back are kind of shrunk down according to the trajectory of those diagonal perspective lines that you've drawn in. Does that make sense? It's a bit difficult to explain just with dialogue alone, but um, this is a good tutorial that I should probably look into creating for you guys at some point. Um, but yeah, it, the other thing I will say about an illustration which is that complex is, of course, it's going to require a lot of time and dedication. So if you set out to do a scene or an illustration in that realm, what you'll want to try to set aside as a, as a few days, maybe even a few weeks, to really put the time and effort into it. Now, what I've found is that with comic book illustrations, the faster you get them out the way, the less bored you get and the more chance there is of you actually finishing it. So I would say totally immerse yourself in this illustration. Do not break that immersion whatsoever because you probably won't revisit it if you do. Um, and make sure that no matter how long it takes you, maybe it's three days, maybe it's an entire week, that every single day the first thing you do is you wake up, you start working on this illustration, you take the breaks that you need to, but you know the end of the day is you finishing that illustration and you just you keep immersed until it's done. And that'll ensure that it actually gets complete and, um, you know, maybe you might play some music in the background or, you know, really just try to motivate yourself to complete it in the first place. Sometimes that's going to require you to even just, uh, you know, just keep a nice clear image of what that end destination is going to look like, what that end outcome will be. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Hopefully I've answered what you were looking for within that question. Like, I'm not sure specifically what you wanted me to address within a illustration where you've got multiple characters composed, whether it's their proportions or, you know, their anatomy or their design or whatever it may be. But hopefully I've kind of, you know, given you a little bit of insight there. Well, uh, that's about it. I'm going to quickly scroll through, see if there's any more questions here. 
doesn't look like it. So I'm going to end it there for today. I won't take any more of your time. Thanks so much for joining me on the Virtual Comic Art Classroom. It's been an absolute pleasure. Be sure to keep posting up your work. You know, it's been a little bit quiet here in the group as of recently. You know, I want you all coming to class <laughs> and, uh, and joining me for these Friday lectures. It's very, very uh, important. You know, I want to be here answering your questions. I'm doing this for you guys um, and, and girls, of course, in the group. And I would love to see those of you who have enrolled and, and gotten the uh, Super Heroines course, start posting up the work from some of those assignments that you've, you've been given within the course because uh, I think that's going to be the real key for you actually seeing results from taking the course in the first place. Yes, you'll get the info from watching the lessons, but um, you know, we won't necessarily get the experience or feedback that you need if you don't start posting up work. So I'd love to give that to you. For those who have, awesome. Great to see some progress. Keep on going. Can't wait to see more. Until next time, keep on practicing. And I'll see you here next Friday at 11.30 a.m. AEST. And uh, yeah, until then, again, keep on creating. I'll catch you then.